Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine. Alongside me is Ryan Frederick. We are having uh, we're having some technical issues tonight, so hopefully everything goes okay. But uh, if if uh, if it doesn't, if you hear a little bit, just bear with us as we try to work our way through this. Uh, but it uh, we had a big we had big two weeks actually. Um, we're coming off uh, coming off a show in Long Island that did like a huge gate. Got another show coming up, another fight night coming up from London that uh looking to be a big show big big another big gate um and uh yeah uh it's just a, it's a real good time for ufc but before we do that we got to talk about some big news that uh that came down over the weekend uh, i saw ryan you i you were the first one i saw that had it but i'm sure you probably got it from somewhere else or maybe you were the first one but i heard it from you about a half hour before they announced it on the broadcast uh, but uh, tell us about uh, the light heavyweight title match that's finally been made. Yeah, it's going to happen at UFC 280. The vacant lightweight title is on the line. Charles Oliveira, who everybody believes is the champion, is going to be uh, fighting Islam Makachev in Abu Dhabi on October 22nd. That'll be UFC 280. They have planned for... UFC 280 to take place in early October. Uh, we kind of hinted at it last week, but I couldn't get confirmation, so I didn't want to really talk about it. But yeah, they moved. Abu Dhabi was originally supposed to be UFC 281. It's now UFC 280. It'll be on pay per view when it was originally, it was just going to be an ESPN Plus card. But yeah, with uh, Oliver and Islam Makachev in the main event for the lightweight title. So do you think uh, having Khabib's boy in Abu Dhabi is something that they wanted there? Like the the people in Abu Dhabi, I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what Islam and Habib and, and you know, I, I don't know that Abu Dhabi has, like, strict influence on who's going to be on the card, but it's kind of like one of those things, like, you know, if it's in Abu Dhabi, you're going to have, you know, you know, Muslim fighters, you know, in the head, headline, mm-hmm. just like in Brazil, you're going to have Brazilians, Canada, you're going to try to have Canadians, you know, and so forth, so forth. So, yeah, it, it makes the most sense. Any now, I'm probably forgetting a fight that's already been made, but any chance we, we see comms out on that card? Uh, Possibly. I mean, it makes sense for him for his next fight, next fight to be there. He doesn't have a fight booked yet. Uh, I don't know, though. It's he's a guy who you could use in main event slots or to bolster cards. I don't know that you would want to waste him on a pay-per-view that's going to be in the afternoon. So it's it's kind of I, I can't I can't say for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, that's uh it's a it's a big one. Um and again, we I guess this means Connor's not gonna get a title shot in his first fight back, which is which is probably good. And uh yeah, uh, and this is a uh, he 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 could. I mean if Charles wins and Charles wants all <laughs> wants Connor after he wins, then who knows? <laughs> you probably fight him later that night. Um, the, uh, I saw people criticizing Islam for getting a title shot, saying that he hasn't had any big wins. Like he hasn't beat anybody in the top 10, but I don't know. I, I like this fight a lot. 
I like it too. I agree with those people. He hasn't fought any top 10 guys, but granted at the same time, every time he's been booked against a top 10 guy, they've pulled out within like the last <laughs> couple of weeks. So at the, yeah, it's like, so it's, it's kind of one of the situations where you just kind of got to go with it, I guess, you know, it's, 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 the, it's probably the right move. So that's, what you got to go with yeah yeah and uh and again and and so that is definitely a pay-per-view as well right it is definitely a pay-per-view pay-per-view now because the way uh it's definitely a pay-per-view with the with the early october one being off being off this will be 12 pay-per-views this year this year this year because they're only contracted for 12 i don't think they can do they could maybe do 13 but i don't think so but uh but yeah this would be definitely 12. Okay, good. Well, and plus, you know, we got to get that three hundred in uh, July twenty twenty four. So they got to slow down on the on the yeah, numbered shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It, I was doing the math. If they if they only book twelve numbered shows a year, a year next year, and then they only do five over the first six months, so they skip a month month. You know, in, in twenty twenty four, the UFC two the UFC three hundred would be in twenty twenty four July. So it may, yeah. it matches up, lines up right now. Yeah. And they could do like, like, like this year, do a second show in July, um, yeah. you know, to kind of get yeah. back on their 12, their 12. Yeah. They, they, you know, most, a lot of years they've skipped January and just be, and especially now with like ESPN, it had, mm-hmm. you know, that being, that being playoff football week, you know, playoff football every weekend and, and, uh, you know, college football, football bowl games, big time bowl games. Like I, I think, think skip in January is probably best, best okay. now. So yeah, look at these. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, that is, uh, that, that is the, what's going down for UFC 280 in, uh, in October. And, uh, so we're, we got a couple shows to recap and before we do that, we'll just get the tough out of the way. Um, I pulled up the report here. Did you watch Tough this week? This past uh, week? Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. I saw I saw the fight. That's basically all. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I I it was a split decision. Uh, Kamar or Muhammad Usman uh, won over. Um, God, I keep forgetting that dude's first name. Perez. Um, Eduardo or something like that. Edward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eduardo Perez. Um, I, you know what? I, I almost, I thought Perez was won the fight, but I mean, I think Dana thought Perez won the fight too. Um, but you know, it was real close. It, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't a bad decision. It was a split decision. Um, and uh, it, we got uh, Team um, Pena is uh, got the all heavyweight final. It's it's all Team Pena. Uh, it's going to be Muhammad against Zach Palga, Palga. Um, in uh, and yeah, and uh, so the only hope we got left in uh for team nunez is uh it, is if is to win in the flyweight fight juliana miller is fighting caitlin neal next week so if juliana miller wins or sorry if if brogan yeah if caitlin neal wins it'll be an all nunez uh flyweight final so i don't remember that ever happening like where you would have two uh finals with both with teammates fighting in both things but uh it's probably happened there's been 30 years but uh yeah this uh, this show this this season like has sucked i mean there's no real other way to put it 
I mean, Ultimate Fighters run its course. It's long run its course, but Dana will always want it around because it's what made it's yeah. what boosted the popularity. So it ain't ever going anywhere. But yeah, like I like I said before before the last stuff, like like you, your best bet is to just go on the Contender Series if you want in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, some of these fighters, like you know, probably has some potential. And I mean, here and now they're kind of like they're kind of below contender series level now because they lost here and um you know and 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 i look at a guy like a mitchell sipe who uh you know i thought really kind of not so much the fighting but the personality really shone and now you know nobody's gonna remember him and uh even muhammad usman like this was supposed to be a showcase for him and i don't think he's looked particularly great uh it does not look like he's gonna be a contender anytime soon so um you know i'm I, I yeah I don't know, and and it's done nothing to build a fight between Nunez and Pena at all, so yeah. no so, but uh, next week will be the last week, and then I can finally stop watching this crap, and uh, and then we'll be on the contender series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's funny. The last episode is is tonight, and then and yeah. then contender series starts next week. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I like the contender series. Like those are. I like, love the contender series. <laughs> yeah, they're great fights. The commentators. The, the, you know what? The other thing is these fights without commentary. It, I mean, I don't. I can't believe they're still doing that. Like. Yeah. You know, throw have the now have the coaches do commentary like something. Oh God, no, not Pena. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean, like somebody. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's run its course. But I we're we're gonna see it again. I mean, I think I already saw they're they're doing another season. So, um, but that was that. And next we had uh, the um, UFC on ABC from Long Island. We've been talking about the show forever. Think yeah, uh, it it did end up selling out, right? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I, uh, what they announced? I got the I got the announcement sixteen thousand nine seventy nine. Yeah, yeah, that was a sellout. Yeah, yeah, two point one million dollar gate. Um, you know, incredible, like the numbers they're doing right now. The the highest uh, fight night gate in the U.S. I believe for a non pay per view. Yeah, 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 and and they're gonna like probably triple that next week in london or at least double and it's and it's it beat a lot of paper a lot of pay-per-views of the past too yeah and headlined by you know yair rodriguez and brian ortega (laughs) which you know i mean it's a good fight but they're not neither one of them is a draw um this was all ufc like i mean you know you could have put anybody in the main event i mean this is a really good card don't get me wrong but this was all this was all ufc this is this is not any particular fighter drawing this gate um and and the main event um you know this was a really good card and then the main event just yeah i i i I, my my comment i had a two-word tweet when it was over that sucked i mean and it's not that i mean it just sucks like it's not like i'm not mad i'm you know both guys you know they were it was it was shaping up to be a good fight through the first four minutes and then you know shit happened and and it sucked um brian ortega's shoulder went out uh, as it looked like he was, you know, setting up for something on the ground. You know, he had Yari Rodriguez where he wanted him. And uh, and then, yeah, he just, uh, just I don't know what happened. Like, his shoulders went out. And uh, it, it was weird because you almost thought, like, I, I saw our friend Carla. It's like, put it back in. Like, but you can't really do that. Like, maybe if the round was over, they might have been able to get away with that. But uh, he, you know, he was done. Like, he quit. Uh, Yara Rodriguez, like, didn't even know what happened. And he's like, okay. And, you know, he didn't seem happy about the win 
Ortega definitely wasn't happy with the way it went down. He was asking for a rematch. Uh, Rodriguez seemed like he'd be perfectly willing to give him a rematch, but he kind of wants to go for the title first, <laughs> which I don't blame him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. What do you, you think? Okay, so you think you think it popped out because he was trying to set something up, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Okay, so what I think happened is Jair had that arm bar locked in, and he popped his shoulder trying to escape the arm bar, and that's okay. what happened to him. That's what that's what it looked like to me. I watched it a few times, but okay. Well, yeah. I only watched it. I only watched it the one time, and then yeah. whatever, you know, whatever they showed before <laughs> before the interviews. So yeah, I was at home watching this, and okay. I watch it, and I watch it with my dad. So yeah. my dad, anytime there's like an injury, he likes to. He's one of those guys. Anytime yeah. there's like an injury and somebody somebody like socket pops, he likes to go. He likes to rewind it and watch it a few times. How many times did he watch the Thiesman leg snap? Uh, uh, the one. Uh, <laughs> The Weidman one? No, the Thiesman. Like Joe oh, Thiesman back he in the day? He doesn't watch football. He, oh, okay. He okay. just now started watching fo- football. Okay. He's never been a big football oh, okay. football fan. But like the Weidman one, he really times. <laughs> yeah. A few times. But, uh, but anyway, but like I was like watching it and I go like, you know what? I think Yair had that arm bar in and he popped it out trying to escape. And But I mean, yeah, I had the same. I yeah. had the same thing as you and probably everybody else. And it's just like. Man, that sucked. It was just anticlimactic because it was. Yeah. We had such a really fun card leading up to it, and you, and the first few minutes of that main event was very intriguing and very close, and they were on their way to having a hell of a fight. And then, you know, shoulders pops out of socket four minutes in. Can't really do much about that. Just a very unfortunate end. Kind of reminiscent, just a little bit of. Uh... I mean, it's a completely different scenario, but of the uh, Rodriguez Stevens fight uh, a few years ago. Yeah, you know where you know it just ended, and and it was like you know unfortunate that that was, but that was like 15 seconds. Yeah, this is uh, this is kind of like a Yamblakovich and Alexander Rakic from a couple, yeah yeah a couple months yeah. ago where and it kind of like you kind of feel bad for Yair because Yair really, he he they flat out said like if you win this fight you're getting a title shot but you can't really get give a title shot off of that and it was the same thing yeah. with Jan too too i mean he might get it anyways just you know especially if um uh volkanovsky vacates or you know um or, uh, or, or, or doing like an interim title like rodriguez yeah. nemet like, yeah well uh both volkanovsky and rodriguez were on arrow hawani show here yeah. on monday here on monday and uh volkanovsky he was talking about about his hand injury and he was talking about wanting to fight the winner of uh, Oliver and Islam Islam oh. and he actually he floated the idea of of doing uh Yaya Rodriguez against Josh Emmett you know whether they want to do an interim title or not Volkanovski said he said if they want to do an interim title let them I already know I'm the champ it doesn't matter to me so so I mean I could see the yeah he's Volkanovski he's like the perfect company company dude like let him do whatever i know i'm the champ i know i'm the best fighter in the fighter in the world those you know interim yeah. titles don't mean anything to him anything to him him so he he said you know do whatever do whatever he's fine with those two two matching up and yair seemed to suggest that like probably the best way to go is to fight him at next that's like i mean if you think about it though like if he he's got the hand injury and then if he's gonna wait until makachev Oliver and then fight the winner i mean that's in october so we're looking at you know march at the earliest for him to fight one of those guys and then we're you know we're looking at a year from now 
before he's going to defend his featherweight title. If, you know, if he does. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I think you kind of do need to have an interim title if that's his plan. Um, and, you know, you could even make a case of, you know, even stripping of the title if he's going up. But, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, they don't really do that. So, they don't, yeah, they don't do yeah. that. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, anticlimactic main event, as you said. Uh, good thing it wasn't in Mexico. Um, we might have had another riot. Uh, but yeah. uh, but you know what? Like before that happened, I mean, they, these guys got a you know they got a really good card. Um, the uh, you know I, I, I finishes up and down. Uh, they were Dana was in a real generous mood. He gave away a bunch of bonuses. Eight eight fighters got bonuses, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. one fight tonight, seven bonuses. Is it all going to be all finishes now? <laughs> I hear, here's the thing that's funny about that. They first did it on the Singapore card, Singapore card, uh, where uh, and Dana was on vacation, on vacation, or uh, I say on vacation. He was at his son's 21st birthday birthday party, and they were watching the fight and like, the fights in like a limo and in a in a whole setup there, setup there. And he made the call to do, he made the call to do bonuses for all the finishers. Then he was in Austin. He was at the Austin show, and that had that had uh, all finishers. All finishers get a bon get a bonus, right? Yeah, that, that yeah. was I'm looking up. And then he was at, or he was still around when, at the next week when Sarukian and uh, Gamera yeah. headlined that card, and they gave away three performance of the night bonuses on top of the two two fight of the nights. So UFC two seventy six, he's on vacation. They gave away three performance bonuses in the final night. Last week, he's on vacation. He said he confirmed he was on vacation last okay. week for all those people who were freaking out, wondering where the hell he was, yeah, especially yeah. on international five. I weeks. saw like people thinking he might have COVID or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And Cerrone saying, "Oh, he's having family issues." Didn't help him. He goes to Maine every year for Fourth of Fourth of July. There was people posted on Instagram and Snapchat pictures of him out out in Maine. Plus his his uh his youngest his youngest child the daughter I think she just turned she she's leaving for college so I think this is like the last year they can all kind of get together on Fourth of okay. July on Fourth of July to have a vacation the whole family so so that's kind of an important deal deal yeah too, but, uh, but anyway but back to the story last weekend he's gone they only give them give the normal four bonus four bonuses the two for the fight and two performance bonuses he's back this weekend and everybody who got finishes gets bonuses this is i guess it's just dana wanting to give you know more money away and then when they're when he's not around like like it's business as usual they should just like make this the policy and then if the fighters know that everybody that gets a finish is going to get 50k then they're you know i, I think they're going to we're going to see a lot more finishes yeah yeah and it's and, and at the same time too if it's if it's consistently happening and then it doesn't happen on one show just because okay okay maybe only three of 14 fights score to finish then those then it's kind of sucky for those fighters who went yeah. and went for a finish to not get the get the performance bonuses just because so, you know, just yeah, you Dana need to make wasn't it there. Yeah, yeah, you just need to make it consist, make it consistent, and, and they're just the way they bonus people is just so inconsistent. I'd like to see more consistency, and of course, we're all advocates for paying fighters more. So yeah, give everybody who scores a finish a bonus. 
So we'll we'll get to our our three stars here in in a minute. But I the other fight on the main card that I think was probably of the most interest to oh. most people listening. <laughs> Go ahead. No. Oh, never mind. Never mind. You're okay. going in a you're going in a different direction. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I was going to say Lauren Murphy and Misha Tate. Like okay, that's yeah. the you yeah. know that was kind of the I think like for most of the people in the building like that, that you know that was as big as the main event because Misha Tate was you know they kick it off the card. Um, you know, Misha Tate was probably the biggest, maybe the biggest star on the card. I don't know. Maybe it's Brian Ortega. Maybe it's Yair Rodriguez. But if it's not one of those two, it's Misha Tate. And um, she, um, you know, she lost. I mean, it was a close fight. Um, well, kind of a close fight. I mean, I saw people had, I saw a few people that had Tate winning. Um, I was half expecting a split decision, even though I had Lauren Murphy winning 30-27. And I believe two of the judges had that score and one had 29-28. Um, but, uh, Lauren Murphy won again, you know, as I said in my ROA thing last week, like she wins as an underdog. I don't know what it is. She doesn't like being an underdog or, you know, this was a really close fight, you know, going in. And I don't think like Misha Tate was a pretty big favorite. And I was kind of surprised uh, that she was because Murphy is like, Murphy's got a sneaky good record. Like she's 16 and five and especially at, at flyweight, like, you know, she's, what one now six of her last seven um and uh you know i mean she lost to valentina in her title fight but you know she went into the fourth round and if she gets another flyweight win i mean she's probably you know the worst people they could give another title shot to but um i, I saw people speculating that maybe this is it for misha i don't do you have you heard anything or is she gonna fight again do you think i mean she hasn't she hasn't said anything other than other than the one the one statement that she gave post post fighter on Instagram made made you believe like she'll fight again, but who you know who who knows I, everything? I, you know I feel like I feel like in the heat of the moment, anybody making a decision, it's always just like a rash decision. We always got to give them time to figure things out. Mm-hmm. So figure things out. So I mean, it's who knows? You know, I wouldn't blame her if she decided to walk away after the after this. But at the same time, you know, she might want to compete for children and all that mm-hmm. so so you know sometimes when like i said sometimes when you have kids it makes you want to hang on a little bit longer you know until you to the points where like you know your kids realize what you do and you know get to can have at least some sort of memory of it they showed her uh on on the way down to the ring or the cage um her kids at ringside and and you know she kissed them and everything and then by the end of the fight you know she, her face was mangled and i was like man, I hope those kids aren't there. <laughs> you know, I don't, don't really want them to see her like that until they clean her up. But, um, you know, it, it was not like a Mick Foley thing or anything like nah. that. But um, she, she looked rough. Like Lauren Murphy put a good beating on her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so w- when you, you kind of chuckled there, like where did you think I was going? Oh, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want you to, there's a particular fight that, uh, that I wanted to, that I want to talk about on my three stars. I didn't want you okay, to Okay. Well there. then you know what you don't no, go ahead and do your three stars. Then. Okay. Number one star far and above is Matt Schnell. That fight with Sumu Derji was <laughs> fucking incredible. Like oh, yeah. I wanted to like, like, like I'm on it. Honestly, if it wasn't, if Yuri and Glover hadn't had happened, this was the fight of the year out of, this is probably the second best fight of the year. Just that second round was oh. bananas. Like Matt Snell took a beating 
he was probably he looked knocked out like three or four times on the oh, yeah. like every time that elbow landed from from Uderji, like he looked out on his feet, but he just stayed up and kept coming forward and then gets Uderji down and locks in a triangle choke and chokes him out completely. Like it was absolutely bonkers this fight. Like it was just incredible. Like like tell me what you think about this fight because I'm just like oh. I'm still thinking about it days later here. I was like I mean I I was I was I was live. Like you know cuz I caught up uh, during the prelim. So I was tweeting live. And so I'm I'm like at one point I tweeted that Matt Schnell was a dead man walking. And then I called him the American zombie. And then the next thing you know, like he's like he's like submitting Samarji. And like there's one spot where he, he knocked him, and then like Samarji, you could tell he got rocked. And then that was when like Matt Schnell just like woke up and he's like, Oh my, you know, I'm gonna finish this dude. And then he he gets on top of him and, and he finished him. And it, it was just incredible, like you said. I mean, at least three times where, you know, like uh, it looked like anybody would have been out. And I think even Samarji was like, or Sumadarji was like, I can't believe this guy is still up. And it, it's funny because normally like, you know, we see like, you know, the Korean zombie and, and some of these other Asian fighters, you know, they have that kind of spirit of like, just, they won't go down. And that, that was Matt Schnell here. And then the first, I wouldn't say the first, but, you know, the real first real trouble that Sumadarji was in, he lost. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, this was, that round two, I mean, was one of the best rounds I've ever seen. I, I mean, I think I even tweeted that out just as Paul Felder was saying it. You know, and and uh, yeah, I, and we've had so many this year where you know it's all oh, the round of the year, round of the year. But man, I don't know how you top that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just an absolutely incredible fight and an incredible second second round. And anybody who's listening who hasn't seen that fight, like, go watch that fight. It's just, it's insane. Like, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, number two on my stars. There's a lot. There's a lot to choose from here. I'm gonna go with Dustin Jacoby. Oh yeah. Uh, just look great is i mean he's he's a he his striking got so much better when it, from the kickboxing like it's incredible how smooth of a striker he is and he just knocked out Don Jung who had not lost in like 15 fights so that, that was just you know with with one punch in the first round that was just that was a great show from from Jacoby and you know he could be in that light heavyweight title pitcher another win or two give him some yep. high profile high profile fights he's ready for him he hasn't hasn't lost since he came back to mma from the kickboxing set like it's just incredible what he's done and uh my third star i'm gonna go with ricky simone then yeah. i was thinking jack shore was gonna win that fight it was kind of felt like it was a fight set up for Shore to win win and uh ricky simone just his wrestling was good but but he was able to hurt Shore on the feet and then got him down in arm triangle. And, you know, Jack Shore is 16 and 0 coming in that fight. And now he's 16 and 1 and a very impressive win for Ricky Simone. When uh, when they went to that, when that finish happened, I, I almost thought that Shore, like at first it looked like his leg went out or something. Like, but I, but then when they showed the replay, like he was just rocked by a punch. But I thought, oh man, he got injured. And then like right away, the Rick Simone just pounced on him. And submitted him like real quick, almost like the uh, the other the other one we were talking about earlier. The um, 
uh, Matt Schnell. Like, yeah, I, I was trying to remember. I remember there was one fighter where he was like, he just all of a sudden his leg went out. But that, you know, and I was trying to figure out which one it was. And it, it was that one. So, um, yeah, those are those are great choices. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Bill Algio. Um, he uh, just wore down Herbert Burns. Um, I don't I don't remember ever seeing a fight like like end like this and and it almost happened more than once where the you know the guy was on the ground and then you know bill aljo stands up and then herbert burns just wouldn't get up and they had to stop the fight and he and then it it turns out he couldn't get up and then he started crying and and he clearly had some sort of an injury but then they you know i'm looking at it here on topology and it says kotko exhaustion from damage um i i that pretty well describes it i mean he was gassed like you've never seen somebody gassed yeah um, yeah that was something else uh second star puna Haley Sor- soriano uh knocked out dalcha Longayambula in the 28 seconds of the second round um poor dolcha is a guy that we've talked a lot about on this show but he uh that's his third loss in a row and <laughs> probably done uh, in UFC, I would think. Um, but uh, Soriano is such an easy guy to root for. Uh, cut a great post-fight promo. Put over the guy. He needed this win, too. He had lost two in a row. So, I mean, this was basically two guys fighting for their job. And uh, Soriano, you know, that Hawaiian fighting spirit, uh, he uh, pulled pulled out the big win. And uh, my third star is going to be uh, Li Jingliang. Uh Beat uh, Muslim Salikov, uh, KO second round. Twenty two seconds left in the second round. He, I think he was losing this fight before he won it. Um, you know, kind of, kind of pulled it out. Salikov, I think he gassed out a little bit. Uh, you know, he had a really good first round, and then, uh, you know, he kind of started fading about halfway through the second. And Li Jing Lang uh, just, you know, got that big win. Uh, and again, another one, you know, he'd lost two of his last three. I mean, big names, Neil Magny and Kamzat. But, uh, you know, that was an impressive win against Muslim Salikov. And and he's a guy, you know, it's a real important guy for that, um, you know, Chinese market. And a uh, nice big win here over Muslim Salikov. Yeah, yeah, that one was super, impre- super impressive. That was, if you asked me, like, how, if Lee Jingling was going to win that fight, how it was going to be, I did not think it was the way it ended so no just because salikov is such a dynamic striker so yeah that was a that was a really big win for lee there he like he basically like i think it was like a shark like when when he when he sensed that he was um he was he was hurt like he just turned it on and he like if i remember he was like working the body pretty good and and uh you know and, and then you know finally got him down and then just just was vicious on the ground and right. salikov uh you know he had, he had to stop it and he didn't he didn't protest at all um yeah, yeah real real a lot of finishes i mean there's a couple finishes i think i think we might have hit them all there uh no it was the one we missed i've actually a pretty big one but uh ryan uh, go through the rest of this card Okay, it uh, started off with a strong fight. Emily Ducote, a uh, unanimous decision over Jessica Benet, 30-27, and then 2-29-28. Ducote, her striking looked just absolutely great. Uh, just kept Benet at, at 
at distance and was just lining her up on the feet the entire fight. Panay's face was a little bit of a mess, but a very, very impressive debut win for Ducote there. Then we had uh, Dustin Stolzfus, uh unanimous decision over Dwight Grant. Excuse me, uh, 29-28 across the board. Stoltz, excuse me again, sorry, burping here. Uh, Stoltzfus just dominated with his wrestling and uh, got his first UFC win. He was 0-3 coming in, and this was a must win, so that's a, a big win for him. For him, and then uh, then we had Dustin Jacoby knocking out Dallin Young, uh, one uh, first round, three minutes thirteen seconds. Talked about that. Uh, then we had Bill Algio, uh TKO due to retirement is what Wikipedia has it listed at uh, over Herbert Burns in the second round. Uh, yeah, that first round was that first round of this fight was really good, really good, and uh, Burns had Algio in trouble. In trouble yeah. there. Oh, yeah, that, the, that, yeah, that, that triangle. Uh, oh that triangle God. choke. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to talk about that real quick. That triangle choke was in deep. And and I think, you know, that's just where Burns, he originally gassed himself out. And then he hurt himself at the, uh, it was probably towards the end of the first. And Algio, that was a great comeback win. Then uh, we had the Bantamweight fight, uh, Ricky Simone submitting Jack Shore in the second round. And then to cap off the prelims, hang on real quick. <laughs> Sorry. That came across bad. Ooh, uh, <laughs> mute button, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just, uh, I, I turned away, and I have I'm a tiger that I coughed into. I and just, and it's just, fine. Uh, it's fine. Just, I, I hit the mute button every other time. Trust me. I know. But uh, then we had the Puna Haley Soriano over Dacia Longbia, Longbia and Bula, twenty-eight seconds in the second round to close out the prelims. Then we had the uh, main card kicked off with Lauren Murphy over Mish Tate. Uh, I had a 30-27, just like every other media scorecard did. So, oh. yeah, very, very clear win over for uh, Murphy. Then we had a really good fight, featherweight fight, Shane Burgos, a majority decision over Charles Jordan, uh, 229-28, and then a 28-28, which the 28-28 actually came from a judge who gave Burgos a 10-8 second round but gave – Jordan in the first two rounds, which are the first and the third round, which I thought was kind of interesting because I felt like the closest to an actual 10-8 round was was the third round for Jordan. But a uh, very good fight there. Shane yeah, was- I, I scored at 28-28 and gave Jordan the 10-8 third. Yeah, and I gave yeah. Burgos the first two. Yeah, I mean, Burgos just uh, – he was basically a human backpack in the first <laughs> two rounds. And, hey, it won him the first two rounds, and he, he dominated with the grappling because – Jordan just teed up, teed off on him in the third round on the feet. Uh, then we had the uh, flyweight fight, Matt Schnell over Sue Mederji, which we talked about. And then we had Li Jingliang over Muslim Salkov, second round TKO. Then we had Amanda Lemos submitting Michelle Watterson in the second round with a guillotine choke. And in the main event, Yair Rodriguez over Brian Ortega with the unfortunate end. Hmm. I you warned me about uh, going on MMA decisions because I was the only media member that scored at twenty eight twenty eight, but uh, nobody like nobody slammed me. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, no, I was kind of yeah, kind of surprised whenever I saw you were the only one one on there who had twenty eight twenty eight. I figured there would be some troll who out there. I I honestly was surprised that nobody else had a twenty eight twenty eight. To be yeah. honest with you, um, and it was pretty much a split. Like you know, we had almost as many went for Jordan as as went for Burgos. Although I thought, like, I didn't think I didn't think Burgos won the fight. 
Um, I, I, you know, I, I could see a draw, but I did not think that Burgos did enough to win the fight, but uh, he did. I mean, judges gave it to him. So, yeah, good card. Uh, what about uh, Michelle? I, I should have asked you about this earlier, but uh, are we going to see her again? Do you think? I think so. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, again, was... but again, they're at, those two are both at the age and at the point where yeah. if they walked away, it wouldn't surprise. I didn't know she was Waterson Gomez until literally like Saturday. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> okay. Well, I knew about it. Knew about it, I think, like Friday, Friday, but she made just made that decision like during the week. Okay, so she's been married for a while and she just decided to do the hyphenated name. Yep, oh, okay, I, did, I didn't even know she was married, so um, but yeah, that was the card, as we said, um, was uh, what uh, 16,979, 2.1 million. Uh, we don't have prelim ratings yet. Uh, I don't imagine this show would have done the super amount, but probably maybe like probably a million viewers on ABC, um, you know, and then the prelims on ESPN probably a lot less because it was like really early in the morning. Um, and they started 10 o'clock here, 11 o'clock on the East Coast. And and yeah, the seven uh, performance, bon- we had the fight of the night, Matt Schnell and uh, Samarji, obviously. And then all the people that got finishes, Amanda Limos, uh, Li Jing Lang, uh, Punaheli Soriano, Ricky Simone, Bill Algio, and Dustin Jacoby all got uh, got performance bonuses. Jacoby, I know you mentioned it's not too far from a title shot. One thing you didn't mention, I I think I mentioned it last week, but seven fights now without a loss uh, yeah, since yeah. he came back to UFC, and that's all since October 2020, so less than two years. Yeah, He's, you know it's incredible the run that this dude's on, and nobody's talking about it um it's i guess people are going to start talking now um you know it's it's almost like chris curtis like in a way you know and and you know like but i think he's closer to a title shot honestly um yeah i'm uh super impressed and and real good real nice guy too so good for him ah and uh this coming week we've got the ufc in london and uh but before we get into that uh there's a couple other shows we'll just go over real quick did you have Invicta on your list? I did not. Uh, okay. Well, it's probably they're not worth so, it anyways. They're so under the radar now. I know. Now. But this show's actually on Access this week. Um, and uh, But it's nobody's on the card. Like, I'm, I've got it up here. The only name that anybody would know, maybe, is Toledo Bernardo. Um, the rest of the card is, like, complete nobodies, so, including the main event. So, uh, But that, if you're interested, if you just like watching females fight, that'll be Wednesday at uh, 9 p.m. And they're out of Kansas City for the first time in, like, forever. They're, uh, rest- they're fighting in Denver. This, I have no idea why, but um, that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be on Wednesday. And then, uh, was it Friday? Yeah, Friday at, on, uh, from uh, Tacoma, actually, a Bellator show. Uh, again, like they haven't been to, I don't remember the last time they've been in the Pacific Northwest. Like it's been a long, long time, but, um, Douglas Lima and, um, Jason Jason Jackson. Jackson, Yeah. yeah, In the main event, not exactly a marquee card, uh, but you know, it's there. Um, showtime, it's going to be airing, I guess, 10 PM Eastern, uh, 7 PM local for the main card. Um, there's not much else on this card. Lorenz Larkin's fighting. Dalton Rosta, the guy that nobody recognized on the AW angle uh, when he was out there with Dan Lambert, he's fighting undefeated. 
against another undefeated fighter, Romero Cotton, who's uh, actually a pretty nice prospect that they've been building up. But yeah, not much to this show. Anything? Yeah. Well, there's two big there's two big names to keep an eye on. Uh, first one's Usman Nurmagomedov. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, fourteen like, and fourteen and zero. And uh, it's also the Bellator debut of Tofik Musayev, uh, the uh, the Ryzen champion or the former Ryzen oh, champion. He's coming. Okay. He's coming off a he's coming off a loss for he lost his last fight in Ryzen for the lightweight title title. But then before then he you know he had beaten guys like you know USC veterans Johnny Case Darren Cruikshank, uh beat Pat Patricky Pitbull who's the who's the lightweight champion right now right now in Bellator. So yeah, he was supposed to he's making his debut finally against uh Sydney Outlaw in the co main event. So there's a lot of people interested in that one. The uh the press release that they sent out earlier today uh, mentioned that there's eight undefeated pros <laughs> eight undefeated prospects on this card. So um and two of them are matched up against each other in, in one of the prelim fights. But um you got uh I, I want to say cousin Usman but that's not correct at all. But the, the Usman Nurmagomedov is uh, maybe the biggest name out of all the undefeated prospects, 14 and 0, going up against Chris Gonzalez. Uh, he's got a nice record too, seven and one. That's a light, lightweight card, but um, yeah, this is uh, you know and a lot of prelim fights. They're a little bit stronger than normal uh, prelims for them. They've got Bobby King uh, fighting on there, Vita Artiega and Vanessa Porto's a decent women's flyweight fight, and then that uh, battle of undefeated prospects i mentioned earlier romero cotton and dalton rosta so that'll be friday on youtube for the prelims and showtime for the main card uh from tacoma and then this one we we almost talked about it last week we actually did talk about it off off air but um x mma uh on um on saturday the 23rd uh which will be i guess head to head with the ring of honor pay-per-view um but uh, it's uh it says internet stream here I, I assume they have some sort of an app do you know or yeah just... they either do either some sort of app or youtube or something something they they or xmma.com something like that i don't, I don't yeah. know exactly what they what they broadcast but, it on but it's a it's a pretty big card for like uh non like for you know for a promotion nobody's heard of um lewis Pena and will brooks you know are two you know former ufc fighters um you know lewis Pena, um you know left under really bad circumstances and will brooks just you know kind of a standard cut but um they're fighting at a catch weight 160 pounds in the main event um got impa kasangane you know um Fighting Jared Gooden, I believe those are both former UFC fighters as well. Yep. In the co-main, uh, other few names on here: Demarcus Jackson, uh, Josh Reddinghouse, and Chris Beal uh, fighting bantamweight fight on the undercard. Julian Lane and Austin Hubbard's another big one. One I'm interested in: Sasha Polotnikov, who we talked a lot about on this show. The uh, the guy who looks you know looks like he's from Eastern Europe and sounds like he's from uh, the Midwest. Uh, fighting Tanner Saracino, Saracino, who was uh, on the last season of Tough Enough in uh, WWE, and he's kind of had a middling uh, MMA career in the uh, you know regional scene. But I was looking at his record, and like he's got six losses, but four of them are to like guys who were in the UFC. So I mean, his, his record's actually a little bit better than it looks. But I think he's in tough against Sasha Polotnikov. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and Teruro Ish- Ishihara as well. Uh, I think former was at that road to UFC Japan or something that he was on. 
That's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, and then he had a bunch of UFC fights and kind of had a little bit of a little bit of popularity just because he always talked about how he how post fight he wanted to go out and hang out with just a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. So, that's right. I remember. Yeah, that's right. No, you all, that. I think he was just like just like he was he he's a Japanese guy and about the very little, he knew very little English, but he knew knew the phrase "my bitches." <laughs> right. Yeah, my bitches. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it it fun card. Um, you know, we might talk a little bit about this next week if anything yeah. interesting happens. Yeah, um, X MMA is their fifth show, but they've made they've really made like a name for themselves of of like when all these ex UFC Bellator PFL people when they're you know when they're free agents and they need somewhere to to fight like hey we'll put a card together with just a bunch of with just a bunch of y'all and they you know they they have a little bit of popularity just because of who who's fought for them so far so they i mean they they know they know what the business of MMA is and the business of MMA is we're not trying to be big big we're just going to use these ex UFC UFC guys give them a chance to work their way back so so yeah that's a should be a little fun card to watch yeah, you mentioned uh, PFL, and one of the guys I didn't mention was Andre Harrison. And uh, I knew I recognized the name, and I just looked it up. And he had he had like ten fights in PFL and World Series of Fighting before that. So, um, you know, kind of, uh, and he's from that area as well. So he's probably got a lot of fans there. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, so people can check that out on Saturday, and as well, and I guess it's in the evening, so it won't interfere with the card we're going to talk about next, which is. Uh, one we've talked about a lot on this show leading up to it. It's uh, UFC London, uh, you know, Blades and Aspinall headlining. Uh, it's going to be the Molly, the Meatball, and Patty Pimblet show, uh, I'm sure, uh, in the uh, on the undercard. Not not necessarily the prelims, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, guy we, you know, we've been hyping forever, Chris Curtis, um, in the co-main event against Jack Hermanson. And he's a favorite, which I'm shocked uh you know that second fight in a row that he's a favorite um and uh you know he's a favorite against rodolfo Vieira as well so uh i don't what a crazy run this dude's on but the um the main event curtis blaze and tom aspinall big big heavyweight fight um one thing i was surprised and i don't know if you know this i mentioned this before in another fight and then you corrected me but i double and triple checked my stats this time Curtis Blades and Tom Aspinall, neither one of these guys has ever been an underdog going into their fight, which shocked me because Blades fought uh, Francis Ngannou and he was a favorite going into that fight. Even even the se- even the second fight when they headlined in a what like like China or somewhere somewhere he was he was the favorite then. Um. Well, what are we talking about? The the one that they okay, wait, this one forty one in Beijing, he was a favorite there. Uh, did was? they fight before no. that? Yeah. Well, yeah. unless it's wrong on topology, it says he was minus two forty five favorite. Um, wow, wow, because wow. that because that was that came after. I don't know. That was that was Lou, that was Francis's first fight after the Derek Lewis fight. So yeah, I could see, yeah, I could uh, see why he was the underdog there, and he was a favorite in the first one as well. Was, so yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, first one, the first one was was a uh, you know Francis's second UFC fight. So yeah, I yeah. Could see that. But yeah, he was a minus uh, two forty five favorite against Ngannou in the uh, in the fight. Yeah, the, the fight that they headlined in Beijing. Um, oh, wow. But yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, and then Aspinall obviously is you know he's been a huge favorite in like almost every fight. Um, but yeah, it's so it's it's crazy that you know these two guys are you know in there and Blades is you know a guy that you don't really think about as a contender because he always loses when he's just about there, and you know he lost to Lewis, he lost to Ngannou twice, um, and but that's it. Like that's all his losses. And then Aspinall's only two losses were early in his career, and he's been just you know a steamroller in UFC and a guy that you're super high on. I think we both think he's probably a future champion. Um, and this is his biggest fight on the biggest, you know, he'll be the biggest star there, maybe, uh, if Patty isn't. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, would, would tell us about this fight and what, how do you think it's going to go down? This is a very intriguing fight, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Curtis Blades, his last fight against Chris Dawkins, he his striking was so good in that oh, fight. Yeah. In that fight, like like incredibly, like just improved, improved, and he knocked out Dawkins in in the second round. And uh, and yeah, but uh, Aspinall, Aspinall, he's a very good striker, but he's his wrestling is super underrated. But Curtis Blades has some of the the best wrestling at heavyweight, if not the best. So if they get in a grappling battle, it could be very interesting on the feet. I mean, if, if the blades of March shows up again, he might put Aspen on some trouble on the feet. Uh, very intriguing fight fight. And uh, I really think it could go either way, either way, as high as I am on Tom Aspinall Aspinall. I mean, this is his toughest test test to date for sure. And this will show whether he, you know, he's ready for that title fight or if he just needs like maybe like one or two more wins over, you know, top 10 guys. But this is a huge step in the top five. But, uh, yeah, I'm super looking forward to this fight. And I have a real hard time seeing which way it's going to go. But I do think Aspinall will win. If Aspinall like waxes him, um, you know, like oh, if, if he, he gets it. a quick stoppage. I mean, he's earned a title shot, but I don't I don't know when he gets it. <laughs> like yeah well we're gonna talk we're gonna talk a little bit about that here in, yeah here in a bit so but yeah it's just you know and he just, almost will need another fight just to keep busy you yeah because you don't want to keep him on the shelf for a year um blades's career kind of reminds me uh so far the way it's gone of another guy that's on this main card and that's uh, gustafson yeah. Like if you think about it, you know, like Gustafson was always like almost got to that light heavyweight title. And then, oh, I mean, he fought for a couple of times, yeah. but, uh, you know, kind of the same thing. And, and he would just, he'd beat everybody underneath him. But as soon as he had to face, you know, like a John Jones or Daniel Cormier or Rumble Johnson, like that's when he'd lose. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's blades kind of so far. Um, and even if he loses to Aspinall, we may look back in two years and say, oh, my God, like the only guys he's lost to were, you know, like Ngannou and Aspinall, you know, like two of the greatest heavyweights of all time. You know, we, we might be saying in a few years. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm just as uh, and as intrigued as you are. And I think I just I don't know, like I'm maybe it's my pro wrestling mind or something, but I just feel like the crowd is going to be the difference here uh, somehow. You know, like he's going to be fueled by the crowd or something, and uh, and he's going to pull out that win. And he's definitely not going to want to quit. So, you know, he may get knocked out, but I, I can't see him submitting. And if it goes the distance, I mean, I, you know, I suppose Blades probably would be – if you told me the fight was going to go 25 minutes, I would say, oh, yeah, it's probably Blades' fight. But Aspinall may get fueled on by the crowd. Like, who knows? But we haven't seen Aspinall's conditioning. So he's never gone 25 minutes in a fight that we've seen. So that that could also be a factor. 
if he doesn't put him away early. But um, yeah, and then you know it's a big card, like up and down. You know, um, I you know we mentioned I mentioned Chris Curtis, I mentioned Patty, uh, Molly McCann's also on the card. Can you ever see them? I mean, I'm sure at some point it'll happen, but not in the near future. Like anytime, like Patty fights, M- Molly has to be on the card, right? Like, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. They're teammates and they train together, train together. And all we, you always kind of want to get people from the same gym, you know, on the, on the same card for, for a multitude of reasons. You but know, it's it also it, like a storyline, like everybody's yeah. going to want to see it. Right. Like, when, yeah. you know, I mean, there's sports fans and then there's, you know, sports entertainment fans. And in, in a lot of cases, you know, that Zen diagram of pro wrestling and UFC, Everybody that came into this from pro wrestling is totally into this Molly McCann, Patty Pimblett thing. Like, I, I got to think. Like, you know, just Meatball Molly, you know, fighting and then coming out as a cheerleader. And Patty Pimblett, you know, as uh, Owen Hart meets Conor McGregor, um, you know, is is just, I'm here as long as it lasts. Like, but I'm looking at this fight with Jordan Levitt and it could end here <laughs> you know um this is this is not an easy fight for that they've given him no it's 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 not but it's uh it's the right they're coming they're bringing them along slowly but it's it's the proper next step in my opinion my opinion because jordan levitt he's you know as he's three and one in the ufc he's looked good but he's still like low level lightweight when you kind of look at it because he's mm-hmm. got, because he's, he's got a lot of inexperience and the guys he's beaten. I mean, yeah, Matt Wyman is a veteran, but the guys he's beaten, you know, it's, well, you know, Matt Wyman was, I mean, he was, yeah, he done. was more than a veteran. Yeah. He yeah. Was. <laughs> he's done. I mean, he had fun forever. Yeah. Forever. And if I happened in, and then Levitt lost to Claudio Puelas, who's looked impressive, but I mean, Matt sales and Trey Ogden, like, these guys, these guys are like you know yeah. lower on the totem pole than both Patty and Levitt. So, so I mean it's the proper step for uh, Patty because if you're bringing him along slowly, but it's a it's a good fight. But uh, you know Levitt is horrible on his feet. Okay, we'll just, be, we'll just put it to you like that. You know Patty's not Patty's not some super duper great striker. But he's he's you know he's better than Levin on the feet, but the ground game both which both that excel at I mean that could be super interesting. I don't know that Patty will. Patty's usually good at submitting people, and sometimes yeah. he makes it look easy. But Jordan Levitt's going to be very hard to submit. I mean he can submit him, but it's going to be very hard. It's it's a it's a it's a good fight to see to see where Patty's at right now because. Because let's be honest, like there's still some people out there who are, you know, the who the jury's still out on him for some people. And uh, and then you know we got Chris Curtis and and Jack Rance, and we talked about it. Chris Curtis took this fight on short notice, filling in for Darren Till, and it, Darren Till's me cornering him. You said last week, right? Yeah, that's what Chris Curtis says. So I mean, yeah, I mean Darren's already going to be at the show. I mean, he's a they have uh, he's teammates with Tom Aspinall and yeah I think I think they have Mokayev in that camp too so there's there's a whole bunch of guys on that um, camp on the show and uh, I, I so that's where I'm wondering like 
or who the crowd's going to be behind because Chris Kerr is such a nice guy. He's going to have uh, Darren Till in his in his uh, corner. He's going to be coming out to Sweet Caroline. I, I'm no. I'm willing that into existence. <laughs> um, and uh, and then but Jack Hermanson, Jack the Joker is big big star over there too. Um, and uh, I think that's just going to be a fun fight. I can see these guys are just going to be happy no matter what happens they're probably gonna hug after the fight and uh i uh yeah i'm uh i'm I'm pumped up for this card like really like more than a lot of pay-per-views i'll be honest with you um i'm uh yeah i'm really great lineup yeah and and, coming off that last london show which was just one of the best fight nights you'll ever see um i'm just hoping that we see the same thing again you know we've got uk fighters all up and down the card um so as, as we do that why don't you uh, give us the three fights to to what what yeah watch out for <laughs> i will i will say it's uh kind of disappointing that this show is on espn plus and not put on espn because oh because shoot. with the crowd like like you know i think that would be just just great you know for, i can't with, believe for they're the doing that i didn't uh, even realize it Oh, yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on on Saturday. Yeah, what's but, going on? There's nothing going on. Usually, well, they usually don't. They usually don't do UFC like on ESPN in the middle of the afternoon. It's usually yeah. prime time in London. You know, it's it's. But I have no is. idea what's going. I think there's women's um, soccer. Like I think is the big thing on ESPN right now. The uh, the the women's Euros. I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule. Yeah. I haven't looked yeah. at the schedule. But there's but like no, like, I mean, I guess baseball, but yeah, I guess there's a lot of baseball. But, anyways, uh, ESPN, you, ESPN doesn't do baseball except on. Oh, really? Sunday okay. Night, except okay. on Sunday nights. So, okay. Okay. So, I didn't know that. No. No. But uh, anyway, um, three fights to watch. Uh, I'm going to go first with a flyweight fight Muhammad Mokayev against Charles Johnson. Oh, yeah. And I'm going with that because I am super high on Mokayev. Like, this guy is going to be a flyweight champion. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And he's, what, 20 or 21 years old? Jeez. Just incredible. Undefeated. Undefeated. Like, this guy is going to be a star for the next 15 years in the UFC. So keep your eye on him. him. Uh, Second fight I'm going to go with is just because, you know, it's to me, it's intriguing to see what happens in this fight. And it's light heavyweight fight between Nikita Krylov and Alexander Gustafson, just because mm-hmm. we haven't seen Gustafson in two years. And I'm just intrigued to see, like, is he coming back for a paycheck like he looked like against uh, Verdum? You know, looked heavyweight, looked out of shape. Looked like he was just there for a paycheck, or is he coming back to actually try to be a title contender? Because if he comes back and he can look like the Alexander Gustafson who was in title contention for years, like that's a big shot in the arm for the light heavyweight division. Division and uh, it's kind of a perfect matchup for him because Krylov is is super good on the ground, uh, okay on the feet. On the feet, but uh, it's it's a good test for Gustafson and just to see where he you know where he's at and uh, and all that. And uh, third fight to watch. I mean, everything I want to see is on the main card, so I'm going to go with you know Hermanson and Chris Curtis because okay. that's just that to me that's a I uh, I loved the fight between Hermanson and Till, and when you have to replace you know either one of those guys with somebody, Chris Curtis is as good as it get you know especially like on three weeks notice like that's a super 
interesting matchup because because Hermanson is he's good on the feet, but he excels again in grappling. And Chris Curtis has just been pulling wins out of his ass, like in <laughs> ways we don't expect him to. And it's just such a great story. And and yeah, this fight should be very entertaining. I think uh, Chris Curtis recently um, t- uh, passed Brian Ortega in my personal top five. Not that Ortega did anything wrong. Just, you know, it's just one of those things. I uh, I have my favorite five and, and Chris Curtis is now in there. So uh, you're like Booker T, Booker T with your yeah. fave five. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Can't believe you didn't mention Molly Meatball, but we'll, we'll get to her. Um, yeah, I just, I just, her matchup, her matchup to I me know. is like, it such just feels, it, it feels like such a setup for her yeah. to win. I mean, they, I mean, not knocking Hannah Goldie or anything, but Hannah Goldie's one and two in the UFC. Yeah, so no, it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah, it's just there. So she hasn't have fought, to... and hasn't fought in like two years. So it's... yeah. Uh, so for me, I've got the my uh, three UFC ROI picks, and last week they were one and two. But you know, one of them was Brian Ortega, and you know, I mean that you know it's hard to say what would have happened if Ortega would have won, we would have had a profit. As it was, it was just a very small loss because one of my picks was an underdog. But uh, I've got two underdogs and one favorite. So my first one is uh, in the very first fight of the night, actually, Claudio Silva against Nicholas Dalby. Uh, Claudio Silva is a plus 225 underdog, and he's got an 85% ROI, and he's got a 3-2 and two record as an underdog. So that is my first UFC ROI pick. Second one is Jonathan Pierce against Mr. Finland, which kind of hurts because you know how much I love Mr. Finland. Uh, but he's got an 87% uh, ROI, and he's a minus 225 favorite. But the thing is, the reason he's got such a high ROI is because of his his underdog wins. But he's only one and one as a favorite. So that one, I'm not quite as confident as I usually am, especially with an 87% ROI. But the other one is a big one. Paul Craig has a 108.1% ROI, which means like you're almost guaranteed to double your money when you bet on him. And he's a plus 125 underdog against um, uh, who's he fighting? Oh, Vulcan Vulcan, Vulcan Ozdemir. And man, like I was surprised that he's an underdog in that fight. And I'm yeah, I'm putting all a, my money down on that dude. I mean, what, like Paul Craig has has yeah. won what four in a row and yeah, unbeaten in his last six. And Ozdemir's <laughs> lost like three in a row. Yeah, like that, that. I mean that one just sticks out like a sore thumb. No, he's lost two in a row, but he's lost yeah. five of his last seven. Yeah, he's got a four and two record as an underdog with one no contest. So, yeah. Uh, put down a bet on Paul Craig. I mean, I'm, you know, and there's a, there's a few, like there's actually a lot of guys with value. Uh, the Chris Curtis, Jordan Levitt, even Tom Aspinall. Um, you know, he's not, he's a betting, he's a very small favorite. So yeah, actually get a pretty decent payoff if, if he wins. So yeah. uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to be putting down a few bets on this card, but uh, take us through the rest of this uh, pretty awesome card. 14 fights. Yeah, 14 fights all on ESPN Plus here in the United States. And for you, Paul, it's all on <laughs> UFC Fight Pass up in Canada. Oh, is it really? Okay. Well, I saw Aaron Bronstetter tweet that earlier, okay. so I wanted to bring it up. On There's the got to be something big going on on TSN then, too, on Saturday. No, from what Aaron says, like they have, like UFC Fight Pass has a deal where they get exclusivity to several shows up a year up okay. in Canada. And this is one of them. Okay. You know, it's, it's from what I've noticed, notice when he tweets that out, it's usually like shows that are in like England or in Europe somewhere. So, okay. So, well, that's yeah. good. I won't have to change. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, it kicks off at uh, 12 Eastern time. Yeah. yeah. 12 Eastern time. Uh, it's prelims. Eight prelims. Uh, starts off with Walter White fight that you talked about, Claudio Silva against Nicholas Dalby. Both these guys are uh, in need of a win to keep their spot on the roster. Then we have a women's flyweight fight, Victoria Leonardo against Mandy Baum. Then we have a lightweight fight, Jai Herbert against Kyle Nelson. Both these guys need a win. They're both one and three in the UFC. So, yeah, very important fight for them. Then we have the flyweight fight. I talked about Muhammad Mokayev against Charles Johnson. Johnson's making his UFC debut. He was supposed to be on the contender series, but they needed an opponent for Mokayev. So they just signed him outright, and he's very good, but Mokayev is next level. So that should be a really good fight. Uh, Then we have the featherweight fight, Mack won Amir Khani who probably saved his UFC career in his last fight. You know, he's got Jonathan Pierce. It's a tough matchup for him, but, uh, yeah, that should, that could be an interesting, interesting grappling battle because both those guys are really good on the ground. Then we have another featherweight fight, Nathaniel Wood, uh, fighting for the first time in like two years, and he's moving up from Bantamweight. Uh, he's fighting at featherweight now against Charles Rosa. Rosa has two straight losses, so must-win fight for him and really a must-win fight for Wood because he looked like he was on his way to being a title challenger, title contender at 135, and then lost a couple fights, so trying to fight his way back up in a new division. Uh, then we have a lightweight fight, Mark DeCasey against Demir Hezovich, and then the prelims end with another lightweight fight that was just added to the card literally literally yesterday uh, or Sunday. Uh, Mason Jones against Ludovic Klein. I know Ludovic Klein was supposed to fight on the Dallas card here next week, but he lost his opponent, and they've been and everybody had been turning down Mason Jones for this show. <laughs> so I mean, Ludovic Klein, props to him taking the fight a week a week earlier in England, you know, against a tough guy, Mason Jones. Then we have the uh, main card kicks off at 3 Eastern time with light heavyweight fight, Paul Craig against Vulcan Ozdemir. Then you have the women's flyweight fight, Molly Meatball Mechanic against Hannah Goldie. Then the light heavyweight fight, Nikita Krylov against Alexander Gustafson. Then you have Patty Pimblett against Jordan Leavitt in a lightweight fight, Jack Hermanson against Chris Curtis in a middleweight fight. And then the main event, Curtis Blades against Tom Aspinall. Really great card overall. Yeah, I mean, we've got, it's funny, like there's every single fight has a European fighter on it, um, as you often get on these cards. And in fact, even most of them are, you know, have a lot of them, like if it's not a UK fighter, they have kind of have ties to the UK, like Mr. Finland, you know, he's trained with Connor, I think, right, in the past. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess, well, Gustafson maybe is the only one that, uh, and her, Jack the Joker, I guess. Um, but yeah, bit, nice big card. Uh, really looking forward to that. And again, yeah, I'm shocked that it's not an ESPN, but, uh, imagine there'll be some highlights on there if, uh, if we get some cool finishes and the crowd's just going to be awesome. At the, uh, where are they? Yeah. It's the O2 Arena again. O2, so. yeah. Yeah. Uh, any word on this sold out, right? I'm pretty sure I haven't heard any okay. anything that would make it. What's Dallas looking like? Uh, tickets still available. I think uh, I'd have to look at Wrestle to Wrestle Takes. It's it, it could end up selling out. I don't know. That's I mean, if it does, I mean that's incredible. Like the the run that they're on, but uh, we'll find out. Either way, it's an it's an incredible run they're on. Even if they don't sell out for a card headlined by uh, 
Juliana Pena. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's that. And uh, we've got uh, just a bit of news. Um, and in this, I almost thought might be our we have to talk about segment. But uh, Nate Diaz, uh, him and him and Dana White have been going back and forth on Twitter all week, right? Oh, not on Twitter. I mean, uh, Nate Diaz did a whole interview thing with Ariel Helwani on uh, last week. I think okay. it was like Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday. But then Dana had his chance to respond respond this weekend. And then, then of course, there's, you know, there's truth and lies from both ends coming out. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. So just basic story is, as we all know, Nate Diaz, once his last fight, he claims he hasn't been turning down fights. Dana says otherwise. Dana says they've been offering him fights, and he's been turning them down. Dana uses the whole, we have to offer fighters three fights a year contractually. I don't know that that's the actual truth. I think think what they like to do is offer fighters three three fights a year. But from unless contracts have changed, from what I know of, there's nothing in the contract that says they have to offer you X amount of fights per year. They just have to offer you X amount of fight, get you X amount of fights over the duration of your contract. Right. And it is true every time you turn a fight down that your contract does get extended. That is true. So, uh, okay. so but uh, Nate's contract uh, supposedly ends in October. So they have to get him a fight before October. October before his contract runs out. It, it's the whole deal of, like I've talked about, you know, they want to keep him. They want him to sign a new deal. Nate says, Nate says he, Nate had this weird comment. He says he doesn't not want to fight in the UFC, but he has other stuff he wants to take care of, which everybody knows like, okay, he just wants to leave the fight to box Logan Paul and that's it. And then he'd probably come back. I mean, yeah. I don't get like Nate, the, Nate, Nate's not the brightest guy in the world. I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he's smart enough to realize that, dude. You could fight some big fights in the UFC for the next three years, three years, just, cash out, just, and that Logan Paul fight will still be there. And actually, just, and actually, Logan Paul will probably be more interested in fighting you three years from now than he would right now. They should just bring Logan Paul in to fight him in UFC, but because he's, he's not drawing anymore. In, Dana. In, Dana doesn't want anything to do with it because Dana knows he's not a draw. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's all not right. a he's not a draw at all. I, I just have a feeling he might draw for a UFC fight, but you're probably right. Yeah. Just, um uh, okay. We talked about Volkanovsky a little bit. Uh I guess yeah. Yeah, we already we already yeah. covered that one. Okay, and then the heavyweight title picture you want to talk about. Okay, so here's uh Dana and Francis, they had their meeting this past week. The uh the body language that Dana gave kind of indicates it's pretty good. And it went pretty oh, good. good. Pretty good. You know, I've said all along, I think Francis is going to resign because, I mean, he's not going to go full-time boxing. He wouldn't be a top 50 boxer. The only fight out there is, an, is really just the exhibition fight against Tyson Fury. And even that is in question right now because Tyson Fury can't get into the U.S. right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen about all that? No. What's going on? He's been denied several times trying to enter into the U.S. Same thing with, you know, his brother was supposed to fight Jake, uh, Jake Paul, and then oh yeah, they right. Had to cancel because they had to cancel that because Tommy Fury can't get in. 
can't get in the U.S. because of all their ties to Daniel Kinahan oh. and all that, all that yeah. stuff. All that stuff. There might be some UFC fighters like Darren Till who can't get in the U.S. because they also have ties, ties to that guy. Anyway, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, so here's the thing: Stipe Miocic is one of the best, is arguably the best heavyweight of all time. Yeah. But but his constant delays of fights now it might have cost him the John Jones fight. Because really? Francis because Francis might be able to return in December or January. And if he if he signs a new deal and he's coming back in December or January, they're going straight to Francis and John Jones. And they're forgetting yeah. about this John Jones and Steve Amiosic. They wanted John Jones and Steve Amiosic to already have happened by now. They wanted it July second, then they wanted it. Then they wanted it July 30th. Then they wanted it September 24th. And then they wanted it October 8th. And Stipe just just will not commit to a date because he keeps saying like he he says he wants to build up size and all that. <laughs> but he keeps he keeps delaying the fight. And he's delayed it so much that he probably that he might have gotten himself out of the fight because of Francis being able to come back quicker quicker than anticipated. And Jones yeah. is ready to go anytime. Jones is ready. Jones has been ready to go for, you know, since May. Wow. Like, since May, he's been ready to go. And, and he's come to terms with him. He's got a deal worked out. Like he's, yeah, you know, the holdup is who's he going to fight? Who's he going to fight? And, you know, you know, Stipe, just man, this him, you know, he's, you know, he's a different cat. Different cat, but he's probably cost himself so much money, you know, yeah. you know, because this is now a couple of times where he's had big fights and, and, you know, he's just delayed him and, and now he might lose it, you yeah. know, and, and who knows if, who knows if Jones beats Francis, you know, we might not get Stipe next. I mean, Stipe might have to fight somebody else, yeah. else now. So, hmm. Well, I, I mean, I imagine uh, we're going to hear something about that probably in the next two months. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, I'm yeah. Cer- certainly by the time they start put, putting out fights for MSG, because I think MSG is the last hope for yeah. Steve A if, if he wants to fight John Jones. Like, it has to happen by the MSG card, because I could also see them coming to deal with Francis and telling him, hey, I, we know – we know you said December, December you might be able to come back, but you tore your ACL, you tore tore it pretty badly. Take your time, like like yeah. wait until March or April. We'll give you that time. So, so. Uh, speaking of speaking of MSG, um, Frankie Edgar wants to have his last fight at MSG, um, and uh, and I mean I can't see UFC not uh, agreeing to that. But yeah, who who would you have him against? I has he ever fought Faber? Yeah, he's fought Faber. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. they headlined the show in the Philippines. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good yeah, fight. Right, yeah, that was a good fight. He wants to fight Dominic Cruz. Oh, that would have been I like that one too. That yeah. would have been the perfect fight, except Dominic Cruz is fighting here in a few weeks. Yeah, in San Diego, right? In San Diego, and unless Cruz, if Cruz loses that fight and then wants to have a quick turnaround in three months, maybe it can happen. If Cruz wins that fight, it makes no sense for him to fight Frankie. We'll just put it to you that way. Uh, as far as who he could fight, it would not surprise me if they tried to put him against Sean O'Malley and let Sean Ooh. O'Malley get a big win, big win at MSG over the retiring legend. Like yeah. that makes that makes too much sense booking wise. And they did try to make they did try to make Sean O'Malley against Frankie Edgar last year for MSG, and it never happened. 
So, I, would, I would laugh so hard if Frankie Edgar beat him. But you know, if if, the, if, that, if that ends up being the fight, like you know the exact reason why they're making yeah. the fight. I know, fight. I know. So it's just it's. I mean, it's probably hard. more money in that than Ricky Simone, who who so, called him out after uh, yeah. after his fight. Yeah. Um, you have to figure it's going to be a one thirty five or one thirty five er, and it's going to be ranked somebody ranked because because yeah. he's ranked. You know, maybe. Maybe he fights Adrian Yanez and lets Adrian Yanez get that signature win. Who knows? O'Malley makes a lot more sense, though. So. You know, if, if it were me, if it were me and I'm Frankie, I'd fight at 155 one last time and fight Jim Miller. Jim Miller, yep. That's a, I mean, I, that was the first name that came to my head. But then I'm like, yeah, he's those not two, one. Those yeah. two are Hall of Famers, but they never fought. And, and at what, MSG? And, I mean, yeah, how perfect MSG, is that? Yeah, yeah, two Jersey boys who, yeah. you know, in the MSG. Like that'd be great, but maybe they'll uh, do that. I, I mean, that I mean, that, man, that fight would get people excited. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, I'd I'd love to see that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that's it for the news. Um, yeah, you had one other thing. We don't need to talk about it. Um, fight announcements. Um, there's one here. I I don't know which ones you wanted to highlight, but the one and, and it reminded me of uh, one of the post fight interviews that happened on the uh, on the card. We just the UFC on ABC. Lauren Murphy had such a great call out. She wanted the winner of Manon. I'm going to be cage side in Paris and I'm going to see Manon Fierro and uh, Jessica Andrade. And I want to fight the winner of that fight. Well, that fight's not happening. <laughs> um, right. Right. <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin Shkagian, uh stepping in. Well, do you know the whole story about this fight? No. When they originally announced it, it was Caitlin Chukagian against Manon Fioro. But okay. when they announced it, Chukagian had not agreed to the fight. She hadn't agreed to she had agreed to the fight. She said she's dealing with a few injuries. So they end up they end up reannouncing the fight with Jessica Andrade against Manon Fioro. And then now Andrade gets hurt or something. And Caitlin Chukagian, who was the original matchup, is stepping back in into the fight that she was originally that they originally planned to make, except they actually announced it before signing it. So it's okay. just a crazy, it's just crazy how it end, ends up. It, like it starts with Jessica Andrade replacing Caitlin Chukagian, and now Caitlin Chukagian replaces Jessica Andrade, who replaced Caitlin Chukagian. So, so you think Lauren Murphy will still be there at ringside? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't. I guess she wants to. Maybe, maybe she wants a free trip to Paris. Yeah, there you go. The UFC. Yeah. UFC. I mean, if you can talk yourself into being one of the guest fighters on a show and get a free trip out of it, maybe you know, like yeah, why not? Like I, I don't, I don't know of many people that want to be cage tied for a fight that's fourth from the top. But yeah, <laughs> um, another a fighter that I thought was going to be on that card uh, is actually booked for a show two weeks later. Mark Andre Barrio uh, against Anthony. Is it Fluffy Hernandez or is yep. that a different guy? Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I can't believe they didn't put that one in France. But um, any any other ones you wanted to highlight well, here? Mark Mark Andre Burial. Yeah, they might not have put it in France, but uh, he lives in Florida now. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's French. He should be fighting in France. So um, any any other ones you want to uh, highlight here? Uh, Brendan Allen against Christoph Jaco. Yes, yeah. he fight night uh, October first. That one's the Mackenzie Dern against uh, Jan's Zionen main event, which will okay. probably be at the Apex. Just like I hope that's an September, early card. Because just like September seventeenth, we'll 
is likely going to be at the apex. So, yeah, all of us who watched the Long Island show and watched and are going to watch <laughs> the London show and love the crowds and all these commentators who are talking about how they have so much fun with their crowds there. Yep, they're going to go back to empty buildings again. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, big, I hope. I hope that October 1st card is like an early card because if I have to see Brendan Allen at, and Christoph Jotko anytime after nine o'clock, I'm not staying awake. Anytime after six o'clock, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I just can't. Um, so, yeah, so that that's the fight announcements. Um, there is a few, like you mentioned, there's a ton of uh, extra <laughs> MMA this week. Uh, you know, we mentioned the Bell Tour and the... Um, the thing i think there's an lfa card uh because it's a a week with a friday in it um yeah and there's i thought i saw just i had it up here for a second and i accidentally shut off the the thing uh where are we here we had uh cage warriors this weekend we've got an aka show an aca show one championship uh yeah so there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff this weekend so if you uh want to check that out you can so uh, check out Ryan's uh, coverage of the past uh, UFC. It's in the most recent Wrestling Observer. I was just reading it over my lunch hour, as I mentioned to you every week, and it was good as always. And uh, and then next week you'll have coverage of the UFC on ABC card, and, uh, and then you'll be covering the uh, UFC London show for the Wrestling Observer website, uh, as, as you always do. And you can follow Ryan and I both on Twitter, Ryan J. Frederick, Paul Ace Fontaine, or just watch ESPN and see our tweets on there. Uh, yeah, or ESPN and, Plus this week. And for those of you who love my Monday columns and my previews, I wasn't going to mention this. Unfortunately, they're they're uh, no longer going to be on the uh, fight game fight game website. We're going undergoing some changes to to the actual website website when it comes to written stuff, written stuff. So I am. Looking for a new place to hopefully maybe do that stuff. You know, maybe maybe we can talk talk some people over at the Observer into bringing it over there, or maybe somebody out there will give me give me a shot somewhere. I mean, <laughs> I'll be on. I'll be honest. When I didn't when I didn't have to write the preview for this UFC this past week, it kind of was a big burden off my shoulders because I was running out of time and just my time has been just so devoted to stuff. So I kind of. I kind of do like this little bit of a breather, <laughs> breather from doing it. I'll be honest. I'm I'm all about being honest on the, on the show, but I'm hoping that you know, you know, at least at least the Monday column with you know everything, my thoughts on show, my actual thoughts on shows that sometimes I can't necessarily put in the <laughs> put in the Observer just because just because I I don't want. I don't want to take up all of Dave's space because yeah. that, that newsletter is long enough ha- as is. And I know like on, on these big UFC shows, I'll, I'll sometimes get into the six, 7,000 word, word, you know, range on like these major UFC shows. And I don't want to do that every week. So, so sometimes you'll get a little more thoughts on the, in the column. So hopefully, you know, somewhere I can find a home for something like that, something similar to just to get my unfiltered, thoughts on stuff so we'll see you should do uh uh like what was it sub stack uh, yeah can you make money with that it. or i thought of it you've got to get you've got to get enough oh, okay enough okay. of a following yeah. following and i'm not a, i'm not the most confident person on getting a following i'd much rather yeah much rather attach myself to a website that has a good following and build from there 
So it's too bad I didn't have MMADraws.com still going. I would I would have put it on there for for a while, but uh, yeah. So check check out all that stuff, and hopefully Ryan's calling because hey, yeah, I missed that uh, that Monday morning roundup stuff. You sent me kind of an abbreviated version of what you normally do, and that helps us out with the show. And uh, but I, I enjoy reading it and kind of <laughs> keeping up. Helps me out with the show too because uh, yeah. I often I often compile news during the week during the week for the column and I didn't really do it this week and I was like oh crap I gotta I gotta think about stuff for the show for the show yeah. it usually helps us out with the show too yeah but I thought this was a good show and the yeah. uh, the the internet issues we were having at the very beginning seemed to work themselves out so hopefully uh, you guys hear this and and it went good uh, so for Ryan I've been. Paul and Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do? All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later.